Well, let's welcome back Coach Trusky. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Uh, I do. So, um, came after uh, a tough, a tough, hard-fought game on Saturday against Benedictine. Um, proud of how our guys fought. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about maybe some of the details of the game, but here we are now. We're in the last week of the season, um, last opportunity for our seniors to compete with each other, and um, last chance to get better. So, we, we are going to do everything we can to make the most of it. And um, just really, really grateful for for this group and this season. It's been a fun group to coach. Well, let's start. Uh, with last week's game, give us your thoughts on the loss to Benedictine. Um, you know, I was, I was a little, and I was candid with our team about it. I was disappointed in in uh, how we kept our composure. I felt like, um, you know, Benedictine's kind of historically an emotional team. Um, we, we've we've seen them, you know, kind of elicit quite a few personal files and stuff like that. And I felt like in the third quarter, and we had talked about it, you know, before the game and at half like staying composed, staying together. And in the third quarter, we just kind of lost our cool. We had like a four-play stretch of three penal- three personal fouls, which is not like us. And um, it was a pretty critical time in the game. It was a time where, you know, we had a chance to still surge and come back. You know, offensively, we were moving the ball well. Um, you know, this kind of a weird circumstance of events limited the number of plays we played in the first half. And it was like, man, what are we doing? So, was a little disappointed, but I was happy with how we finished. I felt like we finished the fourth quarter strong, and um, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, like I really felt like you know, our, our effort, our, our fire, our passion, you know, playing for each other was definitely there. It was a little bit of execution, and it was um, staying in the moment. That was the biggest thing. You know, you talked last week about the fact that you guys have been so close to knocking off Benedictine the last couple of seasons, and even though they had that, that big second quarter, I, I, for a while I was really looking at them thinking, man, you guys are going to come away with this game. And it was just, I, there was such a feeling that I, that, I, that I had watching that contest that you guys have to look at that you're almost even with them right now. I mean, that, that you're, you can play them wire to wire. I, I do. I feel that way. And that's been, you know, kind of, that's been the goal. It's like, can we get to that le- the level of Benedictine or St. Norbert or Concordia, those teams that have been, you know, finishing one, two, three in the league, um, can we get there? And and we, we know we're so close. I think that's why you saw the emotion, um, because the guys want it so bad. And um, we just got to find a way to channel that emotion into execution, right? So talking about the the personal foul penalties for a minute, how, how do you address that with the team kind of thing? Well, so we we talked quite extensively on a Monday. Um, some of the personal fouls, you know, one was was one of our players trying to make a play. Um, you just it was a crack back block you can't make. That was the second one, but the first one um, was definitely you know like a late hit situation where one of our guys felt like. Um, Benedictine kind of took a cheap shot, and, and he took justice in his own hands. And that was that was something that we discussed as a team. Um, you know, it, I even heard some voices behind me, like, that, that were cheering that on, and that disappointed me. And we talked, like, listen, I realize, you know, we want to stick up for our brothers. The best way to do that is between the whistles. Like, when you start to try to take justice in your own hands, you end up hurting your team. And that's exactly what happened. We went from a situation, you know, we had converted – three third and longs prior to that drive. And we were about to embark on like a third and seven in four down territory. And instead now we were battling third and 20, 
two or whatever it was. And that was my message was like, you were, were going in there saying, I'm trying to help my brother, but you actually not only hurt him, you hurt 105 other guys. And um, the discussion we had on Monday was like realizing that true strength does not lie in displaying it all the time. It's knowing when and, and how to use it. And um, that's something I hope we learn moving forward is we, we've got to let the refs do their job, the coaches do their job, and the players do their job. It has to stay that way. Um, anytime there's, it gets out of order, um, you can see that displayed in how you play. Another solid performance from Bryce at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, I watch him, and, and I think to myself, it's not just the composure about him, but just very smart with the decisions he's making with the ball, and I and I wonder if you're watching him, you you got to be thrilled about two or three years from now. Even I mean, the 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 upside for this guy still looks like it's amazing. I would agree. Uh, he's definitely he's grown all throughout the season. He's getting more and more comfortable with our offense, um, with the tempo, the speed of the game, his teammates. Um, each week, it just it's it's been getting better. And, and we're de- yeah we're definitely excited about what's to come with him. Um, my my excitement for him is really this week. One more chance for him to show you know what he's capable of and um, to send us off right and send the seniors off right. And he's got a chance to be very very special. Um, and, and it's been it's been a joy to coach him and that, the whole QB room. You know Trey Thomas has been great. Nate Griffith has been great. Laborde, Chev, and even Cooper Zimmerman, our freshman Q. All those guys are—they're meeting with me, you know, more than anybody else in the team. They're—they're they're meeting and diving into film with us, and um, they've just—they've really built each other up. It's a special group. Players of the game you wanted to recognize? Yeah, we got a few. Um, you know, it's fun to see on defense. Kyle Kubaki, a senior for us, um, was flying around chasing, chasing down a lot of their Q run game and jet game and all that fun stuff. And he had five TFLs, um, which is—it's a, a big day. Um, so really, really happy for him. Uh, he, he always plays with a high motor, just loves his team, and did a great job. Um, the prep team for them, the prep old player of the week was Fernando Flores. He's a, a freshman for us out of San Antonio, and he's one of the more physical guys we have in that class. He, he brings some, some, some physicality um, and also some versatility. He was playing like three or four roles on the scout O, so that was, that was super helpful for us. Offensive player of the week, I agree with you on what you said about Bryce, but we also we went with Jameel Gordon, um, just a guy that keeps growing, getting better at the slot receiver spot and, and gives us some options and other spots now because of how well he's playing. Um, he's lightening in the bottle. Anytime he touches the ball, something good can happen, and it's been fun to see him um, really be who we knew he could. He, he's battling some injury last year, and now he's, he's getting healthy and playing well. Uh, Joel Martin did a great job at the scout linebacker spot. They got a couple good linebackers at Benedictine, and he played the role well. Um, and, and he's given us fits the last few weeks. Special teams, Elijah Chevy. Um, you never hear his name because he doesn't make mistakes. He's a long snapper for us. He does an amazing job, uh, both on the punt and field goal units. Our op times are amazing, um, and we never have to, to worry about where a snap's going to be placed, and that's, that's a testament to Elijah and just you know the work he puts in for it. Um, one of those unsung roles on a team, but um, definitely important and definitely gets exposed when you don't have a guy who can do it. He did, he's done a great job. And then uh, the last um, you know, recognition we give, you know, we always do a Warrior of the Week, and this week's a little different. We're going to recognize all of our seniors. This is the, the first class that we brought in start to finish um 
they've committed to us uh, in the midst of COVID and everything else that went went on, and um, have really stuck it out and been great leaders, um, great men in our program, and are going to be you know awesome husbands and fathers someday. And we're just so proud of them, and, and we want to recognize all those guys. Well, let's stay on there for a minute. We're, we're going to talk about the Concordia Chicago game in a moment, a moment. But senior day for you, I, I know it's kind of a sad moment too, not only knowing these guys are moving on, but the last game of the season too for you there. So your thoughts on seniors and uh, if you would care to share some of your, some memories of these guys. Yeah, it's, it's super bittersweet. Like, you know, on one hand, you're so proud of those guys, the growth that they've, they've had, um, the commitment that they've poured into the program. Um, but you're going to miss working with them. You know, there's this special group, um, you know, I don't think you could have started your college career in an, any uh, more challenging way than they did. Um, you know, our first team meeting was out in a, a big courtyard because we weren't allowed to be in a building. You know, like we had to be six feet apart from each other. And practices were unorthodox. There was no games in the fall. All You know, there's all these different things. And we ended up only playing three games in the spring. Like they, their first year was a three-game season in the springtime. You know, it's just such a, a unique deal. Even like the dorm life, all that stuff. Um, and they all did it, you know, with an unproven head coach and, you know, a program that had been struggling. And, and they, they came here committing to, to what we were doing and to, to turning things around in a good direction. And, um, you know, we sat – around a campfire in August as, at the senior retreat. And the the number one thing all those seniors said they wanted to do was leave it better than they found it. And it might be hard for the outsider to see because, you know, I, I know this year like uh, maybe it wasn't the record that we had wanted. We are definitely a tremendously better program because of the efforts of those guys. And, you know, as, as their head coach, I'm just incredibly grateful um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they grow and mature after the after football. And um, the beauty of of this thing is that you know we get a chance to to stay in touch and, and keep a tight um, connection with those guys beyond. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the things that they do. So very grateful, gonna miss coaching them, but excited for them and their future. Well, let's talk about the game itself for this week. This Concordia team was getting beaten down a little bit early on in the year, but really starting to play a lot better. What are your thoughts about facing the Cougars? I think that's a great take. They, they, they've improved every week, and you can see it on film. Um, you know, especially offensively, they're starting to get kind of a, a good uh, a good groove of what they're trying to do and who their key playmakers are. They're going to present some challenges on offense. They give you a lot of unique looks and motions and window dressing to to challenge your discipline and your your fits in the run game. Uh, and that's been, you know, something that we've got to address um, from this last week. So there's been a lot of work done um, in practice this week to address, you know, get ourselves right for, for defending that, that run game and putting our best players in the position to make plays. Um, you know, on offense, I think we got to stay patient. Um, we got to recognize some of the key looks that they give. They'll pressure you in key downs, and they've got some guys that can blitz well, so you got you got to pick it up and see it. Um, and we've got to hit, you know, the, the the shot plays when they're there. There will be some, so it'll be a, it'll be a fun test for us to see, you know, where we're at and how much we've grown throughout the season. And I know they're they're looking at it, probably circling it, saying, "Hey, here's one we can come get." We'll, we'll take their senior day joy away a little bit and, and keep growing too. So it's going to be a good battle. 
Interesting, the two-quarterback system that they're using there uh, it really has developed, and, and both of them look like they're playing in a lot better level that we've seen as the season's going along. So what, what challenges do you see in that? Um, you know, I think you're, when you got a two-quarterback system, you, the thing you got to try to assess is why, why are they going with two guys? Is there something that one brings that the other doesn't? Um, are there certain calls that they tend to lean towards when one QB's in versus the other? Um, you know, both QBs, I think, you know, operate their offense well. Um, one has had more success running the ball than the other, so I think there's some considerations when he's in the game versus the other Q. Um, that's not to say that neither of them can, can run it, but that's definitely a huge piece to the puzzle. Um, I think another thing is just, you know, getting <clears throat> getting them to, to situations where they're, they have to play – outside of their strengths. You know, if you get them into third and longs and force them to, to be a drop-back pass team, a lot of their success in the pass game is either screens or play actions. Um, so if you can get them out of those typical situations, I think you get them playing in, into your strengths and not theirs. And that's, that's the hope. We defend the run game early on down one and down two, and then down three we get a chance to pin our ears back a little bit. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll start with Chris. He says, you had a stretch this season where the running game was looking like it was developing into a strength of the team. Maybe that's an area to improve for next year. So do you feel like somebody on the roster right now is your featured back for next year, or are you going to be out looking for the next big featured back? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, we definitely need to be better and more efficient at running the football. Like you've seen in the games that we've been able to, to control the line of scrimmage, um, we've had positive outcomes and, Games where that's been a challenge for us, it's been, you know, you're, you're kind of climbing uphill. Um, we do have a couple kids on the team I feel like can, can carry the ball and do it well, and I think we'll have an opportunity to be kind of the, the, the guy. Um, but with that being said, like, we're definitely looking to bring in a tailback that wants to compete and be be the feature back. So there's a lot a lot of time between now and next season. Um, a lot of things can change and happen. We, we've got some good choices and guys that have worked really hard all through fall, and I'm excited to see their growth. But it, I think it will be very clear it's an open door at that spot. Leo says, I feel like the defense has created a lot more turnovers this year than what we have seen in previous seasons. Was that a focus for you as the season has gone along? That it's been one of the best parts of the season. Um, that's that was historically a challenge for us is turning teams over. Um, I think last year we only had four picks on the year as a team. You know, and we've got multiple guys now with three each, and um, you know I think we're first or second in the league in sacks right now. I mean, there's a lot of we're creating negative plays, which is really exciting, um, and that's that's a step towards good football. Is, you know, if you can run the football, like you mentioned in the last question, if you can uh, control line scrimmage and create some negative plays on defense, you have a chance to be pretty special. And, and we're, we're, we're there. We're knocking at that door. Um, and, and, you know, now we're working hard to make sure that we bust through. I think 25 total turnovers by you guys this season. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's the most uh, Drew, like, It's awesome. That is, absolutely. Drew says, this is the last year of players who were not recruited by you. So how do you feel about the team being completely yours now? Um, well, I'll start by saying, like, I, all the guys, whether I recruited them or not, I, I mean, they're, they're our boys. I love them. And, and it's been a pleasure to coach them. And, um, 
you know, I, th- I don't think like we've strayed so far away from who, you know, what coach Miller's built this program on, you know, it, it, when I was here, it was always faith, family, future, like that was it, you know, and, and that hasn't really changed the way I articulate those things maybe changes. Cause that, that's just who I am or my personality. But, um, so I think like the core values that we have have not shifted too much. I think what's cool is that like we're speaking the same language. We have shared vision and experiences like the expectations that I hold for our players, like it's more clearly um, felt and understood, you know, early on when you take a program over, it's everything's got to be coach led. Like you're constantly pulling the group to like, Hey, here's where we got to get to. Um, you know, that never fully stops, but now you've got allies. Now you've got upperclassmen that understand and they can help pull the young guys, you know, alongside you. So I look at like, you know, I'll, I'll just give you some examples. Like like my, my team captains like help handle some of our our issues when guys maybe are late to a team lift or some of those things. Like that gets cut off quickly and it's it gets cut off by my leaders and it, it's no longer you know the coach saying what what a coach is expected to say but it's a leader saying hey man we need you like we need you to to be on the same page like we need you to keep holding yourself accountable and um when when you go from being coach led to player led that's when you have a chance to be to be a special program and i'm seeing that now and so i'm, I'm really excited Mike says, I cannot believe that the last week of the season is a bye week. That sounds pretty dumb. So do you believe that the NAC could be expanding soon? <laughs> Mike, it is not ideal. I would agree with you. Um, I'm thankful. We were supposed to originally have it back-to-back years, um, and that was something I, I definitely uh, spoke out against, that we should have at least rotate. Um yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what will happen. I, there, there have been little rumblings of you know potentially adding a team or uh, who knows. Uh, there's been a lot of shift in in college football at every level. Um, you see it obviously at the you know the, the Big Ten is nationwide and all these other things happen at that level. But even at our level, there's been changes. There's been schools that are no longer open. There's been lots of unique things. Um, I would not be surprised within the next three to five years if you see some changes locally as well so um time will tell um but in the meantime thankful that we don't have the week 10 by next year eddie says in listening to the show it seems like rob believes that aurora is going to be a powerhouse for years to come but you are a bit more skeptical of that do you see them taking a step back with a lot of their seniors graduating this year um I still think they're going to be very good. They're well coached. Um, you know, they they do a nice job recruiting. Even their young players, I thought, performed well. So it's not like they're going to fall. You know, they're going to drop dramatically. I just I think when you have 34 seniors, you know, it's um, that 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 are graduating. Like it's definitely going to be a change. You know, and so you know, time will tell to see, you know, how do they finish this year? What does that look like for them recruiting, particularly in the world of, you know, Aurora historically has been kind of a transfer-friendly school. Um, you know, you couple that with, you know, being successful and having Don Beebe as your head coach, like you probably have a chance to get some more. Um, so that helps with the reload process. But um, I do I do know this, man, like we're, we're going to be coming for them the best we can. And, and doing the best that we can to, to give them a run for their money. And 
Um, like I said, when we were talking during Aurora Week, like they make everybody in our league better. We have to up our game to get there, and, and that's where I'd, I'd love to be. I'd love our guys to be able to say, hey, we're possibly holding, hosting a, a playoff game, and you know we have national you know implications and all that kind of fun stuff. So um, hats off to them and what they're doing with their program and just looking forward to, to keep growing and try to get to their level. Ronnie would like to know, with the season winding down, is there a point that you kind of step back from recruiting and coaching and just enjoy what's going on around the rest of the football world? I wish there was time for that. <laughs> there really is not a lot of time. Like, you know, the, the rec- recruiting's changed dramatically um, the last five to seven years. Um, and the timelines have shifted, the urgency shifted. Um, there was a time where, you know, the vast majority of recruiting was done, you know, from December 1st on, and that's not now. I mean, it, you're constantly recruiting, you're constantly communicating with, you know, future prospects, and um, things are really going to heat up here, you know, after this game. You know, we're as a staff, we're um, going to kind of reconvene next week and, and get our, our everybody on the same page about how we're going to attack our class. We, we've been doing things periodically since summer, but um, we're going to go full full court press here, you know, next week, and it, it doesn't really stop. So um, you don't really get to take a breath so much in, in our profession till maybe May um, when semester's done. So. Ian says, I know you are not a Halloween guy, and it looks like you've never eaten a candy bar in your life by how good of shape that you're in. But what is your favorite candy to eat, if there is one? Oh, man. Um, I don't have, like, an immediate favorite. I I do, like, I guess, like, a Reese's Pieces or something like that, like those little... I like peanut butter. This combo of like peanut butter and chocolate's good. Reg- the regular Reese's are a little too big, a little too much. Like the peanut butter to chocolate ratio is too much peanut butter. Um, but the Reese's pieces are like a peanut butter M and M. Those are those are pretty good. Gerald says, Coach, isn't it a little too early for all of these Christmas decorations and gift items that we already see at the stores? So let's talk about that. My my, my oldest and I, um, we were, we ran to the store like we had to grab something um, a couple of weeks ago, the, the Eureka Week when uh, it was my brother's wedding, and so we stopped at Kohl's, and we're I mean we're in the middle of of October. This is the 14th of October, and there was Christmas stuff everywhere. And it was it was just kind of crazy to think. I'm like, man, I love I love Christmas. Obviously, I love the heart of what's behind Christmas. You know, celebrating the birth of Christ and um, you know the salvation that comes with that. But it, to to see all that stuff up like eight weeks prior to Christmas, you you can just tell like how much I think the stores are, are relying on on the revenue that comes with Christmas because it was it was kind of crazy to think like we haven't even hit the leaves weren't even falling yet and there was Christmas music on and the whole deal. So it's pretty crazy. And our words of wisdom for the week, Coach. Well, I'm going to speak to kind of what we talked about in the beginning of the show. Um, big lesson for our guys um, from Saturday, and I think a good lesson for, for me as well, just like remembering that um, true strength lies, lies not in, in displaying it, but knowing when and how. Um, Jesus in the Word tells us, Blessed are the meek, for, for they will inherit the earth. 
Uh, meekness is not just being uh, quiet or um, subdued. It's it's having strength, but but knowing when and, and how to use it. Jesus obviously had um, the power to change his situation, but he knew that it was for the betterment of our relationship with him eternally, right? That he that he allow himself to take on our sin, um, and that's the same thing that we're called to do. We're, we're called to die to ourself, our desires, our wants for the betterment of others, and, and so um, that was a big lesson from Saturday, and I know it's one that I'll take with me for sure. Fantastic. Coach Trusty, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you.